You know, maybe next time you have your ace complete the no-hitter. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, check it out. I have a lower third. Where is it? There it is. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and this is my fifth full season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods. On Twitter and on Instagram, I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, or whatever it's called now, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to us on the YouTubes as we're trying to get to 1 billion followers. We're still several hundred million followers short. Hey, uh, let's, before we get into, by the way, this is another, uh, for my listeners here, this is yet another weekend edition. That's right, as I'm learning more and more. Uh, despite all of the data that is thrown in every podcaster's face saying nobody listens to podcasts on the weekend, I always say no one asked me on that survey, and I always listen to podcasts on the weekend. And many of you also have said why I also listen to podcasts on the weekend. And so I'm like, so do you know what? If you're a member of Everyday Sully, if you're an Everyday Sully listener, there you are. Hashtag Everyday Sully. If you're listening to this particular episode, and I'm finding, you know, I'm going to keep doing this, you know, there you go. Keep, keep, keep churning out episodes. I did, by the way, this is what I had one. This is my sixth episode for this week. So um, I didn't drop one yesterday, but I'm dropping now to cover some of the stuff that happened on Friday. Let's go over the trivia question and had to do with the fact the the Yankees and their illustrious World Series history. and. I said, who was the pitcher who clinched the first Yankee World Series title? And a couple of you got it right. I'm going to uh, shout out to uh, Court Stell and John Murphy Jr. Not the old man, not senior. He didn't get it right. John Murphy Jr. Uh, totally stole that from Jimmy Pardo. Um, both know that Sad Sam Jones the ironically nicknamed Sad Sam Jones. What are you so sad about, Sam? He just clinched a World Series title for the Yankees, which he did out of the bullpen in 1923 when the Yankees defeated the New York Giants. It was a very important World Series title for the Yankees because it was the first one they had ever won. The Giants were the kings of baseball in New York, but the Yankees were outdrawing the Giants because of Babe Ruth. The Giants asked the the Yankees to kindly leave the polo grounds, of which they built a stadium across the street in the Bronx, which with a great amount of imagination, they decided to name Yankee Stadium. And with Babe Ruth as the big draw, the Giants and the Yankees met in the World Series for the third straight year. The first two times the Giants beat them, they beat, it was a close series in 21. It was a, a butt whipping in 1922, and Babe Ruth did not come up uh, they not come up in the clutch in either series. And in 23, the fi- Yankees finally won. And with that, baseball history in New York 
started to go more towards the Yankee way and away from the Giants. Even the Giants won the pennant the next year and the Yankees didn't, uh, it started to become a Yankee town. Uh, someday I'm going to cover the 36 and 37 World Series and how that was a very significant moment in New York baseball history. It was a real crossroad where the Giants no longer had John McGraw managing and the Yankees no longer had Babe Ruth as the draw. And the two teams met again in back-to-back years. And the history of New York baseball could have zigged or could have zagged because both teams were wonderful teams filled with Hall of Famers. Which way was the city going to go? Well, the fact that the Giants play in San Francisco right now should give you a clue of how things worked out. Um, Let's talk about uh, the game of the night that took place on Friday. It's funny that when a uh, a game starts to evolve, I you know I sometimes think about okay, what am I going to do uh, for the podcast? And I saw that Framber Valdez of the Astros, who earlier this year threw a no hitter, and who I personally think should have won the World Series MVP last year, was well on his way to no hitter number two. Now I do not envy Dusty Baker. I don't. Well, maybe I do. He's had a long career as both a player and a manager. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Dusty Baker is has a career that has been borderline, you know, is constantly defined by how he handles pitchers. He took pitchers out too early in the 2002 World Series. He took out pitchers too late in the 20, 2003 League Championship Series. He brought in the wrong pitcher that series. He made the wrong bullpen decision there. And finally, last year, when the Astros won the World Series, he perfectly managed a combined no-hitter in the critical Game 4. Because remember, the Phillies were up two games to one in that World Series. At home. And the Astros put together with uh, Christian Javier a combined no-hitter that tied the series and basically shifted all momentum back to Houston. Dusty wound up having his World Series championship as a manager. He's going to the Hall of Fame. There's no longer an argument against it. And he, in his greatest triumph, he thread the needle uh, handling the bullpen. So I feel for him when you got Fran Valdez on the mound throwing a no-hitter, but he's also up to 114 pitches. Plus, he already has a no-hitter this year. So it's not like this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It's not even a once-the-season experience for him. And so you're like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? It is a razor-thin race in the American League West. You look up at the scoreboard, and the Twins are blowing the doors off the dump in the game against the Texas Rangers. The Astros have an opportunity to go into a first-place tie with the Texas Rangers. And you got Framber Valdez pitching a no-hitter. Well, I'm sure images of Johan Santana started dancing in Dusty Baker's head because Valdez is up to 114 pitches. It's more important to have Valdez healthy for the stretch run in October, a true ace, than it is to have him complete his second no-hitter this season. So he pulls the plug. In comes Brian Abreu as they try to go for the combined no-hitter. And Brian Abreu spoils the party. He you know, again, Brian Abreu is a fine reliever, but he came in 
and he got uh, first batter. Uh, he face gets a pop fly with Matt Veerling, but then in comes Kerry Carpenter with a single. Spencer Torkelson hits into a double play. Okay, it's going to be a combined one hitter. Everyone can sigh. Here's where the ninth inning became bizarre. And if you didn't see the game, it was really weird. Because you have uh, Badu came in. Akil Badu came in. He struck out. And Ryan Presley was pitching. Uh, Riley Green came in. He struck out. And it was was one and two count on Badu. Uh, Riley Green struck out on three pitches. Both of them struck out looking. It really looked like men versus boys. Up comes Miguel Cabrera. The statue of Miguel Cabrera comes up. Everyone gives him a standing ovation. Miguel Cabrera is going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, He's no longer even a shadow of a shadow of himself. Two strikes on him, you know, fouling off, fouling off. And he gets a little dinkity dink dink seeing I hit up the middle. Good for Miguel Cabrera. Uh, someone named Zach McKinstry comes in, and he winds up getting a hit. So the the Astros were one strike away from completing a combined one hitter that would have put them into a first place tie with the Texas Rangers. And then comes Javier Baez. They brought in Carson Ke- uh, Carson Kelly to pinch run for Miguel Cabrera because Miguel Cabrera is a brachiosaurus and can't run. Baez, who has not been the great pickup for Detroit that they thought he was going to be when he was a free agent for the Mets, he winds up getting a single that ties the game. So not only does Fran Valdez not throw a no-hitter, not only is it not a combined no-hitter, he's getting a no-decision. And up steps, suddenly the day that was going to be the Fran Valdez day turns into the Parker Meadows day. And anyone who's a younger brother has to feel for Parker Meadows because Parker Meadows, who's played only a handful of game in the major leagues, is the younger brother of former all-star Austin Meadows. Now, Austin Meadows is also a member of the Tigers, but he's on the injured list right now. So Parker Meadows is up there, the little brother, and he winds up hitting his first career home run. So not only the Astros not get the win, not only did they not get the no-hitter, not only did they not get the shutout, they didn't even get the win. They didn't even get the 27th out. And it was, you know, Parker Meadows' family was going, oh, my God, our other child is good. And the Tigers wind up celebrating, all stemming from the seeing I hit from Miguel Cabrera. And you can't fault Dusty. You got 114 pitches of your starter. Your closer's got two strikes on a man who's practically a wax statue right now. And suddenly everything goes wrong. But this is going to be one of those games that if the Astros miss winning the division by a single game, everyone will focus on the games that took place towards the end of the year. They'll be fresh in everyone's mind. But remember back to this day when the Tigers were dead from the neck up, and they found their way back in. If the Astros lose the division by a single game, remember how they blew this game. And there's something to be said for that because another team in the American League West has suddenly made not only the division interesting, but the outlook 
for the entire league and the potential pennant winner has all come to a bizarre head on Friday night. By the way, we've been talking a lot about roster construction and putting things together, and which brings us right over to eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, conference is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price is guaranteed at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available for U.S. customers, eligible items only. And as always, exclusions apply. Now, I want to just bring something up here. I'm wearing a Mariners shirt right now. Um, The Mariners remain the only franchise in baseball to have never participated in a World Series. Are things going to be different this year? Well, if you went back to the end of June, sure didn't look that way. It sure didn't look like on the end of June, the final day of June, Tampa Bay beat up the Seattle Mariners. 15 to 4. 15 to 4. It wasn't even close. And at that point, Tampa Bay was at you know, was running away with the entire American League. There were six and a half games ahead of both Baltimore and Texas for the best record in the American League. And at that time, Tampa Bay had the best record in all of baseball. The Seattle Mariners, on the other hand, were at the time four games under 500 and they only the Tigers, White Sox, the Royals and the Oakland A's were worse than Seattle Mariners in the standings. Now, keep in mind also at that time, uh, the Yankees were a playoff team and the Red Sox were sub 500. Uh, Minnesota was sub 500 at the time. So, but this is the end of This is the end of June, heading into July, when you know you've got a month to go before the trade deadline. And at that point, I remember thinking, man, the Mariners, after having that wonderful run last year, have 91 season in 2021, making the playoffs in the Raleigh home run in 2022, winning the wild game against uh, the Blue Jays to get to the division series, and then wind up losing an 18-inning game to the eventual World Series champion, Houston Astros. They were two swings away from having a two-game-to-one lead in the series against Houston. I bet Houston would have won the series anyway. But there was the walk-off home run by Alvarez in Game 1 and the Pena home run in the 18th inning of Game 3. But a wonderful season for the Mariners, who had not been in the playoffs, even in the shortened COVID season. They've not been in the playoffs since 2001. And it looked like the Mariners were blowing that opportunity. End of a third of the way through the season, end of June, heading towards the halfway mark of the season, they are 38 
and 42. And honestly, people were whispering about whether or not they should be sellers. And I wondered if Scott Service, the manager, was probably uh, ready to go. Well, do you know how the Mariners have done since then? They're 20 games over 500 since then. That's better than any team in the American League. The only team that's played at a better clip in all of baseball has been the L.A. Dodgers, who played one game better in that stretch. The Mariners have been unstoppable since then. And, of course, they've been led by the wonderful Julio Rodriguez, who's had an absolutely mind-boggling stretch um, in the last month or so. But you know how I've been keeping track of you know, teams, I call it the summer score. I've been keeping track of which teams have been uh, in a playoff position after Memorial Day, because I think it's ridiculous to look at the standings before Memorial Day. You're only, it's only a two-month sample size. But I'm looking at this right now. The Mariners were a non-factor. They did not even get to the third wildcard spot until August 19th. They were not a playoff team any time during June, any time during July, and for more than half of August, the Mariners were on the outside looking in. They caught the uh, Blue Jays on the 19th day of August to be the third wildcard team. And then the hits just keep on coming for Seattle. And now, with the victory they had, they had a thrilling victory last night, back and forth game, with the Kansas City Royals. And with that victory, as of this recording, on the 26th day of August, 2023, I have to go to my uh, MLB app because my computer, my laptop here, which I usually pull stuff up on, is acting up. And I don't want to slow down the momentum. If you don't believe me, look at the, look at the standings right there. The Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers are tied. Top of the standings. The Rangers bullpen been absolutely grotesque recently and every pitcher got blown out yesterday as Carlos Correa and company hit home run after home run Minnesota's victory and Minnesota by the way is right now uh despite being barely being what five games over 500 they have a six game lead they've all but clinched the American League Central but now the Mariners and Rangers have identical records if the Astros had won, there would have been a virtual three-way tie. If they had held on to that game I mentioned, it would have been a virtual three-way tie. But the Astros still would have been one game back in the loss column. They're now two games back in the loss column of Texas and Seattle. Texas bullpen is sputtering. They've been on a huge slump. And, of course, Seattle, who has won nine of their last ten games and have been absolutely on a tear, have caught them. And so 72 and 50, both of them are 72 and 56. Now, I'm not the best at math. So I'm going to just tell you right now. The reason I'm looking down right now is I am doing a little bit of math. There's 34 games. 34 games. If the Mariners can play one game better, than Texas over the next 34 games, 
they will be the American League West champion. We weren't saying that at the beginning of July. Hell, we weren't saying that on August 18th. On August 19th, when they got that uh, the last playoff spot, it was like, going, oh, good for you. Maybe you'll get back to the playoffs. But think about how this is such a size potential seismic change in the American League playoffs. If Seattle wins the American League West, that means the two teams that will get a bye, and we're still not sure if that's an advantage or not, but let's say it is that they'll have home field advantage in the division series. They don't have to play the wild card series. They could start their best pitcher. That means Baltimore, unless Tampa Bay goes on a great run, Baltimore and Seattle would be the two teams with the home field advantage. That would also mean that unless Toronto goes on a big run, that Houston would be the defending World Series champions would be in a situation where they were two losses away from elimination. That would also mean the same thing for Texas. So for all of the talk of acquiring Max Scherzer and acquiring Justin Verlander, and there's going to be a Texas run and a Texas run going on, that they may be in a situation where they would have to either, you know, they, they would have to be in a wild card series. Now, they wouldn't be playing each other in all probability because chances are Minnesota would play one and then Tampa Bay would play the other, which is also weird because you'd probably rather play Minnesota than Tampa Bay. So wouldn't you rather have the second, the third wild card, the second wild card spot? I don't know. Never play that game. Never play the I'd rather have the worst record than the better record because just try to win your games and let things fall where they might. But Seattle in that situation suddenly puts the Rangers and the Astros in a position where they're fighting for their playoff lives and may see them not even make it to the division series. And if the ALCS becomes Baltimore versus Seattle, it also will guarantee that dating back to twenty to 2010, more than 50% of the teams in baseball will have won a pennant. Because the Orioles haven't won a pennant since 1983, and the Mariners haven't won a pennant since the beginning of time. The Mariners want to win their first ever pennant and get to the World Series for the first time in their history, going on a wild winning streak like this and pushing the Rangers, who a couple weeks ago I thought probably was going to be the team to go to the World Series, and the Astros, who we all know have the talent to win it all putting them in a position where they're back on their heels. This is potential anarchy in the American League. And the Wild West is, well, living up to its name. Promise not to talk much about the Yankees anymore because they're a sub-500 team of a uh, season that's winding down. But we've trashed them enough on the team on this uh, podcast that when things actually click for one day, it's worth noting, Garrett Cole was great. Yeah, say he let up a big home run at one point, but you know, he tends to be a little home run prone, a little less so this year than in the past years. But I really think that you know, he pitched another terrific game, got this time, got the win, and he, I think he's got to be considered the Cy Young uh candidate. And someone other than Aaron Judge led the team 
DJ LeMahieu hit a pair of home runs. And the Yankees won that game. If they split the next two games with Tampa, they will have won their second series since the beginning of July. So there you go. Good for them. I've, I've bashed them enough that I feel just to, to cleanse my soul, uh, it's it's good to point out when they do well. They, they, it's an absolute sin that the Red Sox-Dodger game was on Apple TV. Uh, it's disgusting. Uh, there's so many people in Boston would love to have seen the return of Mookie Betts. So many people in Los Angeles would have seen that matchup. Uh, And you have to subscribe to Apple Plus TV, whatever the hell it's called. Come on, baseball. Get a premium service where all the things are on one place. If you want to put them all over the map for the casual fan, fine. For the diehard fan who's already paying for an app, who's always already paying for a subscription, don't hide your, 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 your games. Don't hold them hostage. I guarantee you there's a couple people in a, uh, a Boston nursing home where people are looking forward to the game as a highlight, and the poor person there flipping around on the remote trying to find the game couldn't find it because you're greedy. It's disgusting. It's morally wrong. You're ashamed. You should be ashamed of yourself. I should be the commissioner. Let's go. Uh, let's throw out the next uh, trivia question right now. Hell, we'll do another uh, um, another Yankee playoff one. I actually had another one set up, but this one I kind of found interesting because we mentioned the Yankees. The first Yankee championship, which is 1923, Sad Sam Jones clinched that. The Yankees have won 27 titles. 25 of those titles ended with a pitcher getting the final out, whether it was Sad Sam Jones in the 1923, or Mariano Rivera in 98, 99, 2000, and 2009. Only two Yankee championships ended with something other than a a pitcher getting the final out. I will tell you that one of the World Series ended on a wild pitch. So only one Yankee World Series championship was clinched with a walk-off hit. Only one time did someone get a walk-off hit to clinch a Yankee World Series title. What Yankee legend, whose number is retired in Monument Park, got the only walk-off hit to clinch a Yankee World Series championship. Not an ALCS where we can bring up your boons and your chambliss for that. For the World Series, who is the only person to get a walk-off hit to clinch a Yankee World Series title? That is your trivia question for today. Um, we're going to drop an episode on Sunday and an episode on Monday. We keep it going. You know, If you listen on the weekend, let me know. Let me know. But we got a full slate of games, and I'm going to take my dog to the dog park before it gets too hot here in Los Angeles County. So go to Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe here on the YouTubes. And, and uh, yeah, that's all we got for today. This has been Locked On MLB for the 26th day of August 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.